This is a CCRI radio podcast. New content every week from students at the Community College of Rhode Island. Listen, watch, read, and get involved at ccri.edu slash studentmedia. Thank you for joining me today. It is Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. I hope everybody had a good weekend. For my first topic today, I'd like to jump right into it. I would like to touch up on the Minnesota Vikings. Um, This past Sunday, they went on the road and played the Buffalo Bills, and most people would say that they were the underdog. They were also 17 points down late in the second half and were able to force the game into overtime, essentially winning the game. Now, the reason why this is important is because that was a statement for the Vikings. My last episode, I briefly touched on Minnesota with their pros and cons, with them being one of the teams I had considered outside of the Super Bowl bubble. Some of the cons being, I wasn't sure if they could win multiple ways, on top of the fact that Kirk Cousins, more times than not, is kind of shaky in some big spots. Well, this past Sunday, they were on the road, They were going up against an an excellent opposing defense. Kirk Cousins made mistakes. He played through it. Minnesota's defense, which had been, I would say, inconsistent for a majority of the season, stepped up and made some plays, applied some pressure to Josh Allen. Uh, Justin Jefferson is absolutely out of this world. Uh, Minnesota has an arsenal of great weapons. And a rookie head coach dealt with adversity. Uh, The pros that I had of Minnesota where they are a team that can run the ball. They can push the ball down the field through the air. They have a star wideout, their left tackle. They have an elite pass rusher, experienced quarterback, Kirk Cousins, playmakers in the secondary. This team looks solid. Seriously, they look like a team that can contend. Now, I'm not saying they are going to win the Super Bowl, but they absolutely can make a run. That game was a little unorthodox for them, But that's a good thing. It shows that they can win in multiple ways, which are components to winning big. Things were not looking their way. It was starting to snow. The crowd in Buffalo was absolutely electric, especially when they have a lead like the one that they had. And they hung in there. You know, they, they made plays when they had to. They stayed together. They took it one drive, one possession at a time. And they ended up doing what they needed to to get the win. Now... The next four games are going to be very crucial for them, seeing that the Philadelphia Eagles lost last night on Monday Night Football to Washington. They now are tied with the same record in the NFC. Their next four games, they're at home versus Dallas. Then they're at home again, but it's a short week, Thanksgiving versus New England. Then they play the Jets at home, and then they travel on the road to Detroit. Now, more than likely, they will not get the first round by because the, uh, the Eagles' schedule is light for the most part and it leans more favorable for them. But them being able to get at least one, potentially two playoff games at home is huge. If the playoffs started tomorrow, they would host San Francisco. Home is an advantage that they need. Now, this would involve Kirk Cousins to win when the lights get bigger and bigger, which is one of his biggest knocks. I don't mind Kirk Cousins. I think that he's a pretty good quarterback, but at a certain point, given the money that he's being paid, given his experience that he has had in the league, 
this would be his chance to silence that notion. Can you make everything that you worked for in the regular season worth it in the playoffs? Because we know at this point they're going to win their division, the NFC North, probably by a large margin. I know Green Bay came back and beat Dallas on the 4 o'clock window on Fox on Sunday. Uh, they've made, they moved their record up to 4-5. and five. But Green Bay's going to need a lot of things to lean their way uh, for that to be a possibility. The NFC, if you ask me, is wide open. Unlike the AFC, which is stock, stock full of you know coaches, quarterbacks, really good rosters, um, the NFC is fair game if you ask me. The Eagles' offense lacks experience. That came into display last night. The Cowboys aren't really all that great situationally. Dak kind of had a bad game. Tampa Bay is still banged up. They're a little inconsistent, though they had a very impressive win on Sunday in Germany versus Seattle. I don't buy into the New York Giants. I just feel at some point that balloon is going to pop in one way, shape, or form. And Seattle has Geno Smith, which credit to Geno Smith. He absolutely is going to be comeback player of the year. But he's never played in the playoffs ever in his career. So to me, Minnesota's chance to win is right now. I don't know if Kirk Cousins can step up and win a Super Bowl. I don't. I don't believe that a rookie head coach can win a Super Bowl. Unless it's, you know, one of the cases where it's one in a million. But the components are there. The schedule does lean their way. They're healthy. They play with a purpose. And they play until the whistle stops. I don't know. It could be a w another whiff like the Raiders, but we shall see. This is a CCRI radio podcast. New content every week from students at the Community College of Rhode Island. Listen, watch, read, and get involved at ccri.edu slash studentmedia. Okay, for another topic I'd like to touch up on, uh, I would like to touch up on the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. There's a lot to unpack here. So I'll start light and I'll go piece by piece. To start, I agree with the move that Denver made in the offseason. I do. I know it looks very bleak as of right now, but I feel for the long haul it was the right decision. You know, they were tired of going in the draft and crossing their fingers and hoping that these college quarterbacks would work, and it just wasn't working, right? Brett Ripon, Paxton Lynch... Brock Osweiler, Drew Locke, it, it just, it wasn't working out, right? Trevor Semyon, it just, it, it wasn't working out. So they said, listen, a known commodity, guy's been impressive the last four or five years, I would argue his entire career, but definitely the last four or five years, he was balling out. They went big, they're in a division with Mahomes in the Chiefs roster, the Chargers roster. So I understand it. Also, this, to me, is not Russell Wilson. I just don't believe that. This will be in the Hall of Fame for my all-time biggest wrongs ever, if I am wrong. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts here. New conference, new division, new coach, new roster. It's definitely going to take some time to gel. I personally thought it would be sooner than what it has been. Um, just because, again, like how great the team looked on paper. How much of a grinder Russell Wilson is. I definitely thought that they would um, definitely be more explosive and more consistent, but that apparently has not been the case. Um, that also leads me to my next point, Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, I, I just, I don't think he's it. And I know that people think that I'm very, very impatient with coaches, but this offense has absolutely no juice. 
They're bad situationally. They can't consistently run the ball. I understand Javante Williams went down for the year, and they lost their left tackle. The defense, which is full of talent across the board, has looked good for most of the year, but they can't get your break because the offense has lacked consistency. Uh, they're not getting a bailout from the offense. And in my opinion, if this thing continues to spiral more and more and more out of control, it goes back to what I was saying last week about Sean Payton. Give him a phone call. Last episode, I mentioned Frank Reich when I was driving in on my way on the highway. Um, Frank Reich in Indianapolis had been, co uh, excuse me, had been fired. That's another available coach. Stop going cheap on coordinators, right? Unless, unless you were doing this with the notion that you could have tried to lure Aaron Rodgers over from Green Bay, right? Or maybe that could potentially still be in the cards. But you got to go on a known commodity. You went big on the quarterback, go big on the coach. Uh, Sean Payton won games, like I had mentioned, with an older beat-up Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston. Like, the guy is a solid coach. I just, when you look at situations like this, it's not hard to tell. And I understand that they've been beat up. They've had some injuries, how much of a factor it is. I don't know. It must be something. I understand that all teams in all sports go through injuries at some point or another. But they had lost a receiver before the season even started. Tim Patrick, Randy Gregory was on the IR. Russell Wilson was banged up. Jerry Judy left the game on Sunday with an ankle injury. Um, it could unfortunately be one of those injury bug years that these teams get. Now, Russell Wilson, unlike Derek Carr, it's not easy to move on from. The Raiders would get a small cap hit and save over $30 million if they did move off him. I don't think that they should, but that's the hypothetical of it. Russell Wilson, on the other hand, it's not that easy if it's even doable at all. Denver would, eat, would have to eat $124 million on the cap to move off Russell Wilson, unless they received equal compensation contract-wise to offset the money. And Russell Wilson, who I like, has looked pedestrian at least, uh, to say the least. Seven touchdowns, five interceptions, 1,980 passing yards, 57.4 completion percentage, 81.5 passer rating. He's 3-5 and five on the season. Um, the offense looks completely lost. They're averaging 14.6 per game. They convert 28.4% of their third downs. They barely get over 100 yards on the ground. They have 78 total penalties as a team that accumulate for, si for over 650 yards total. They average 72 penalty yards a game. I don't know if Russell Wilson's washed. I don't believe that he is. Now, that's not to say that he isn't. But Denver has a lot to figure out in terms of what they want their future to look like. The coach, protection, maybe a tight end. The defense is not the issue. It's developing and maintaining an identity. It's like what I was saying about Josh McDaniels with the Raiders last week. You need an identity and you can't be bad on your side of the ball. Again, in fairness, this is Hackett's first time as a coach. But to also be fair, it looks sloppy. And they look timid. And they look lost. You need juice. That's why whenever you see cereal commercials, there's always a glass of orange juice on the table. Because you need juice. And there you go. You gotta have juice. Can't be flat. You can't be flat and you can't be bad at what you lean into. 
Not saying, again, similar to Josh McDaniels. Not saying he's not a good coordinator. Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs when he was scheming and calling the plays on offense in Green Bay. But the transition from being a head coach, from a coordinator, it's a big responsibility. It's a big responsibility. And finally, my last topic that I would like to touch upon today, I would like to touch upon the Dallas Cowboys. Now, they lost a game that personally a lot of people would deem should have been a game that they should have won. They were up 28-14. to 14. Um, They just have a better all-around roster. And they had it right there in the breadbasket. I understand that there was a shaky call by Mike McCarthy in the, in the overtime period. But in fairness, they really shouldn't have even been in that position to begin with. And that's not to take any credit away from Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Aaron put some trust in his young receiver, Christian Watson, that kid had a game. Which is what Aaron needed to do. He needed to stop being hesitant. He needed to stop being timid. And regardless if the kid could make a play or not, he needed to put the ball in the young kid's hands. And that's what he did. And it gave them life and it paid off. But with that being said, that is a partial red flag for the Dallas Cowboys. Because Dak Prescott, for the money that he's getting paid, he's set to make almost $50 million next year. Okay? In his stat line in that game, he was 27 of 46, okay? 265 yards, three touchdowns, two picks, a passer rating of 78 and a half. He completed less than 60% of his throws. Okay. I like Dak Prescott. I always have. I remember when I was still living at my mom's house when I was 20. So you figure this was seven years ago. I remember watching Dak Prescott when he played um, for Mississippi State University. And his size really popped off the screen to me. I mean, he looked big in the pads. Um, He was tough. Really good pocket presence. And his rookie year was was probably one of the more impressive rookie seasons that a quarterback ever had in the NFL. However, however... With that being said, as much as I like Dak, he needed to win that game. He needed to win that game. You want to have that big boy contract. You want to have that big boy money. You needed to win that game. Okay? I understand you're on the road. The Packers were playing with their backs against the wall. Okay. I get that. I get it. But when C.D. Lamb... Gets 11 receptions, 150 yards, and two touchdowns. When Tony Pollard has 115 yards and a touchdown on 22 carries on the ground. The defense was making plays. You need to win that game. There's no excuse. That would have inched you closer in your division. Instead of you being 6-3, and three, that would have made you 7-2. and two. Philly fell to 8-1 and one last night. You eventually have to go back on the road. Uh, Excuse me, go to New York. But this has been my thing with Dak Prescott. You got the bag. You have the team around you. You got to step up, man. And again, I like Dak. I think he's an excellent leader. I think he's mature. I think he's great at the podium. Right? Uh, He works hard. 
He buys into the systems that he's in. But you got to be better than that. You got to be better than that. And I'm looking at that schedule going down the stretch. And I wouldn't say it's the hardest schedule in the world. However, you have to play the entire AFC South with each of the three teams in your division. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Short week. Got the Giants. After Minnesota, the Jags on the road. Tennessee on the road. Washington on the road. I'm not saying trade Dak. I'm not saying, you know, cut him. And for the record, I understand that he he has been hurt. But $50 million, you got to give me more than that. Because that yesterday would have moved you to the five seed. Excuse me. Yes, the five seed. You got to hit your layups. You got to hit your layups. Thank you so much for joining me today, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back again next week. This is a CCRI radio podcast. New content every week from students at the Community College of Rhode Island. Listen, watch, read, and get involved at ccri.edu slash studentmedia.